world. Oh, we're in Estevar to dig. Ah, Sean, I've been practicing this in secondary school. <laughs> oh, my bad, my it. bad. I got so excited. I got so excited. Go ahead, go ahead. I was hoping my career as an advert voiceover was coming to life. But to the point, we are going to Barcelona for Paddy's Day. They have changed the date of the marathon. So we now have the extra days leave. We have no excuses. PBs are there to be had from the 14th to the 17th of March, 2025. Myself and Sean are filling a bus. 56 people will be leaving Dublin Airport and heading to Barcelona. I am making a T-shirt for the trip. It's going to be Eric approved. I cannot guarantee the medals. That's where I draw the line. Prices are still the same, but we do need to book by June 7th. So if anyone is thinking about coming, has signed up and pre-registered, you need to book this week. And if you're listening this week, you have to put your money where your mouth is on this one because we cannot guarantee the prices after this weekend. Erlingus, if you're listening, fuck off. Don't change anything, but that is what we are doing. So the link to everything is in the bio. You'll be brought straight to the WeTransfer. If you're traveling with a supporter, if you're traveling on your own and willing to share, or if you just want your own room, we have every option available and it's going to be a fantastic weekend. Like Eric said, the link to that is in our Instagram bio at any given Runday podcast. With that said, it's this week's episode of the Any Given Runday podcast. Let's go. Easy, how are we? Sean A, what's happening? Not much, big man. Well, actually, a lot. The running is going decent this week, but I have to clarify that it's a Sunday afternoon as we're recording this podcast. I just got my long running this morning, so I will be able to have a few beers tonight and watch my football and not worry about stirring my words in this week's episode of the Any Given Day podcast. And a shout out. <laughs> A shout out. I've gotten four messages so far based on this morning's run. Nothing about actually doing the run, the 20K or leading up the equal shredder like Sean. Do you have to wear all your 49ers gear at once doing my runs? And in September, yes, yes, I do. I had the woolly hat out today going for the run because it was early enough. Went like nine o'clock and looking out like, ooh, this looks like a cold one. I think it's time to start bringing out the woolly hat. Big mistake. Two, three K in, and I was like, I am sweating right now. So I, we've we've done podcasts before where it's like, especially it starts to get colder, you should be a little bit colder than normal for the first kilometer or two, and then you kind of acclimatize to it, and you just you warm up, and the sweat's flowing a bit more, and you ease into it. But there's nothing worse than being two, three K in, thinking, okay, I'm gonna get warm up and feel all right. To like, I'm sweating. I've still got another seventeen K to go up in this. Yeah, it's. It's one of those like I'm always a sucker for it because I am purely a fair weather athlete. But the um the the being cold and then layering up just to start knowing you'll get warm, but you're just freezing. You're like, oh, I don't care. I'm wearing my jumper. I'm wearing this. I'm wearing that. Then a few k in, you're like, oh, I do do it. And it is one of those where you're kind of like, if I don't wear or if I don't think about putting something on or a hat on or just an extra layer, I'm not going to go out running. So it's like, some like, as it starts to get colder, it's like whatever gets me out the door. Now, obviously, there's external motivation with the marathon coming up and trying to get miles and legs and all the rest. Whereas if it was just a normal day, it's like I'm I'm not making it out. Now, like I ran last Sunday and it just never stopped raining all the way through. If I hadn't got different events coming up, I, I'm not running. I'm like, nah, I can leave this one out. But just the the the, the clock is ticking towards all these events I got coming up. It's like I have to put miles and legs, wrap up and go, and just just deal whatever the weather brings from there. Yeah, six weeks ish to the marathon. Mm. 
and uh, I did my first 5k on Friday. Oh, how's it going? <laughs> oh, oh, wait, Friday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this is going to be a zero to hero in six weeks. Um, do you know what's funny? And I, I, we always kind of say this, it comes back to the whole, do you know when you've just done something, you're like, ah, it'll be all right. Yeah. It won't be all right. But it's a marathon at the end of the day. But mentally, I've been in worse situations before. So I'm kind of like, ah, six weeks, let's just load it up and see what happens on the day um so yeah it's it's pretty bad but yeah like from the 5k a few niggles and whatever coming up but um i figured actually it's been two years since i bought a new pair of runners so i was actually like maybe i should buy a new pair of shoes so i went on the shoe hunt i did go on the shoe hunt and we can talk about that a bit later yeah, but, uh, I've actually got yeah. a couple. I've got a great segue into that shoe hunt because I've got a couple of things to show actually after the intro music for this. But right before we do hit the intro music, how is the body feeling after what you did last week with all those the cycles and stuff and getting back into running? Are, are you feeling good for these next six weeks ahead, or were you in recovery mode all this week? Like just in terms of sleep, recovery, everything else, and just the body trying to get back running again. How were how you feeling? Um. I went on a 6K on the treadmill on the Monday. Sorry, so it's actually, I lied. It wasn't my first transition. On the Monday, I went to the gym and did 6K. Um, I started at like 10 kilometers an hour. I ran for three or four minutes, then went to 12. And then all the way up to 17 kilometers an hour. Uh, and then back down again. So I did a, a good little now. I'd walk for a minute in between each interval change. So it was like four minutes at 12 kilometers an hour, three minutes at 40. I just kept up in it. Uh, so what was realistic, uh, but I just felt like the legs needed to go fast. They've been in somewhat of an autopilot for the week on the bike and have yeah. been for a while. So I just needed to just do something different. Um, so yeah, we went on a quick session and that that kind of, I don't know if anyone's ever done a leg day, how they feel two days afterwards. I kind yeah. of carried that feeling into Monday. Um, did a little bit of work and then I said, look, I just have to end this now. And I got on the treadmill and I, I did the sprint work and um, or the, the quick tempoed work or varied tempos work. And after that, I was absolutely fine. Um, and then I did nothing for the rest of the week. Um, I shook off that and said, look, we're still tired. I still was waking up feeling like, how am I going to get out of bed? Just tiredness. Um, but then I got towards Thursday, Friday, I did a, a ride along in an ambulance um, as part of the explosion trainer. So like it was... I was tired as it was after that, um, but I went to bed at nine o'clock that night. <laughs> <laughs> I came home. I think I think that was all the adrenaline, what was left of it had left. God. Uh, uh, because I didn't sleep great afterwards, but uh, I got home and we were watching the new Lord of the Rings um, on Amazon Prime. And I got about halfway through and they were introducing new names that I can't pronounce and new places. And I was like, listen, I'm going to stop you there because uh, I'm not enjoying this and I just went to bed and fell asleep oh I swear to god I woke up for for work to what next day at eight o'clock I was like I nearly slept for 11 hours um and then Friday into Saturday was no different I went to bed I was kind of annoyed with myself well no I went for the run on Friday mm. and uh I got this weird energetic feeling I was I went for my run then I went to play a game of pool had a bit of food but by the time I came back, I was just in a weird mood. I had like, even though I'd been for a run, I had all this energy and nothing to use it on. And like, I wasn't going out, wasn't going partying or mm. 
I was just wired, but annoyed. I was frustrated, <laughs> but happy. Like it was just in a weird sense. She was looking at me like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I was like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was, it was bizarre. So I think in a way, because that was only a 5K at a five minute pace or a 505 pace or, or, or something along those lines. But I think the body is just ready for endurance. I think I, um, I shouldn't have had that much energy on a Friday night after a long week and a good night's sleep. So, um, so come tomorrow now, it's six weeks. I've I've done up my training plan here now, so it's uh, six weeks of hell. Unreal, unreal. Yeah, my final training session is a marathon, so um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Well, fair play for listening to the body anyway on the training. And speaking of endurance, we're going to go straight into some insane endurance that happened over the weekend right after the intro music for this week's episode of the Any Given Monday podcast. Let's go. So here's a bad one for you, Eric, and for anyone listening to this week's episode. Um, the European 24-hour championships was on over the weekend. And it was this guy, um, Alexander Sorkin, who smashed his own world record. So he did 318 kilometers in 24 hours. That is running at a 4.30 pace. Now we're talking about running the five plus hour, minutes pace here. Um, 318 kilometers, it's pretty much the equivalent to running seven and a half marathons, a little bit over seven and a half marathons averaging at three hours and 10 minutes for each one setting a, a new world record process that <laughs> yeah well you know i heard it's useless on the beer <laughs> um and speak speaking on that actually which was just lead to a, um a challenge that, that you got called out on so i put this up earlier on the, the facebook page and dara got got back to us and he was telling us, because I actually didn't know much about this, I'm totally honest. I just saw this scrolling through Twitter. Uh, and Dara obviously kept up on it. He said, there's an Irish guy that did it as well. Um, I'm going to butcher his surname, but I'm going to try it anyway. Um, Ed McGrotary. Um, he set an Irish 24-hour record, same thing, over this past weekend. He ran the event. He did 257 kilometers in 24 hours, which is absolutely phenomenal. But he also has the record of running from Maddenhead to Mizzenhead. He ran it in three days, two hours, 53 minutes. And of course, Dara said, Dara said the challenge for, for, for you for that next one. Maybe you want to get off the bike and just start running instead. <laughs> yeah, well, we cycled a longer route. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's three days. Did he, like, did he sleep? Oh, he would have had to have. He would have had to have napped during it at some stage. I, I would imagine, like he, he wouldn't have done it straight. Um, but three days. What's that? Seventy-two hours, 72, 74 hours, and fifty-three minutes. Well, like I, I think the shortest distance or there thereabouts is between five hundred and five hundred sixty kilometers. Um. So, like, in three days, like that's that's disgusting so he's running two and a half marathons a day just to go to sleep to wake up and do it ah no oh, no I like my life um, <laughs> I just thought you were talking about dude the body was ready for endurance you said right before we hit the intro music and I was like here here's endurance I'm yeah but, <laughs> but but equally I like watching TV and <laughs> I like drinking and eating Chinese uh, yeah like it's, it's like, where do you find the time to train for that like it's a devotion, like, like what did they work at? Like, that's that's what I want to know. 
I don't think you can totally train for for like like you already do do Martin training, and I could be completely wrong on this. Like you do Martin training, you never quite hit the Martin. Like you're never going to quite. For example, you did 257 kilometers in, which is pretty much half the distance of Mountain Isn't Head from from you talking about it roughly. And um, he did that in 24 hours, but like he couldn't have went three weeks out. Right, I'm going to do 150 kilometers and then tapered for the next three weeks and into it. I don't think it's I don't think it's a balance. I think it gets to a certain stage where. You can only do a certain amount of running. Obviously, you're doing a lot of miles each each day, um, but you, you can't be going okay. You know, ten hour run or, or 14, 16 hour run. Let's wait three weeks and do a small bit and taper back to it. Then it has to be a lot of mental and stuff to that just to keep going. Like I just, I think it's completely new territory in terms of what the body could do, what the body can achieve, and what to train for. Like we have an idea of what the you could argue the best approach to train for Martin because Martin's been going on what's, I mean, at a high level since, I don't know, the 60s, 50s, whatever it is now. Whereas this is, I think, Ultra Martin's a relatively new phenomenon. Like you're seeing world records and stuff being broken a lot more consistently. Um, more people are talking about it. That seems to be just the last 20, 30 years that you're hearing a lot about it. That I think the actual training for it just seems to be a, a, a new approach. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's it, it's definitely something you have to come into. Like hmm. I know a bit, and I know for a marathon you do your five k's, ten k's, halves, maybe go to thirty k, and you try and do them consistently, and you build your miles. Hmm. So by that logic, you're doing three marathons a day. <laughs> so do it's you do a marathon a day? Do you, like you're running forty k every day so and particularly at that pace so you have to give three hours of your day every day to running so say you split that you go in the morning right. for your 20 21k and then you're getting out for another 21k that's still four or five hours of good training including your stretching yoga whatever else you're going to add in on top of it like it's a lot of time and i respect them for doing it i just i don't know where i'd find that extra i know <laughs> of course i could but then yeah, I, I don't know if I have that yearning enough to go and run for 24 hours straight to see how far I can get. I, I, I don't think I'll ever have that. I do enjoy a marathon. I enjoy, but I equally enjoy being able to kick off the shoe. Well, maybe these people but, ah, do. You have that balance. But, maybe they, I'm actually, just as you're talking there, I was just looking to see what pop up on his training schedule. And there's one just, he's just got like, he ran 90 minutes and then did two and a half hours. And then there's the next picture is in there with an Erdinger beer. So like obviously you do have your balance in, in every which way to try yeah. and do it. But it's just it's just phenomenal what, what people can do. And and I'm like, oh man, I can't get the four minute pace for a feckin' 20 minutes to get my yeah. okay. Like it, it's just phenomenal. When you see stuff like that though, to me it's like okay, there has to be a way to, to try and just push yourself that that little bit hard. I'm not saying I'll ever do anything like that in my lifetime, but I'm just saying that the fact that the body could do so much more and stuff to me, I find it's inspirational to go, okay, this is actually plausible and possible to keep pushing that extra a little bit more. It's seen, seen it be done. Like, and just to, to bring it back to surround yourself with people that like, for example, I see, you know, you can run at a 20 minute under, I say a 5k in 19 minutes, something. And we've talked before about this, the incredible stuff that the Aussie's done with all his trails and stuff like that. And what Dara's done 
recently we you know it was 12 hour runs and his uh, he did 130 kilometers or something there recently but you see when people are closer to you able to achieve these feats it's like okay actually surround yourself with these people i i can push a little bit more so i i take as motivation oh yeah no look i know i sounded quite defeated but i think it's i'm talking about training for a marathon in six weeks and you're talking about <laughs> nearly 300 kilometers like, um, different definitions of endurance isn't it <laughs> like I admire it and it is it is true if you can see it you can believe it you know like mm. if you can and that's what I suppose so many people don't believe I can't believe he ran and this like you almost had to see it to believe it to yeah. achieve it you know and I admire these people who have never seen it but achieve it and uh, yeah it's amazing it is it's, amazing it's it's similar to when you, when you run events and, and you see the guys doing the like if you do a five k or ten k whatever it is and you see people running consistently at a three thirty pace or something or even like fast you're like they just look so relaxed running so fast it's just it's just phenomenal to see and you're like okay that's this is actually possible to keep that going so um switching gears a little bit in this because you talked about getting a new pair of runners and stuff I saw this study um on Instagram run smarter series so basically you're talking about whether if you have multiple different types of runners for multiple different types of runs, are you is it more beneficial or not uh, in terms of running injuries? So they said various studies have estimated that like between 27 and 70% of recreational and competitive runners sustain overuse injuries during a one year of practice. And we've said it before that running, I know for yourself, definitely, but I know myself, the most common I've been injured more running than doing soccer, American football, all these other sports. Like I've had more niggles and stuff doing running than anything else, just so that repetitive strain. So they're talking about this study and I'll try and make it as least scientific as I can and get through it quickly and get to the point. But there was like 264 recreational runners and they had a 22-week training program. So 116 of them had just the one runner for all their training and 148 of them had different types of runners for the different types of training, their speed work, long runs, and stuff like that. Um, and out of all the 264 runners, they found that, I think it was 87 people experienced at least one injury during the five-month follow-up period. Um, and out of all of them, sorry, I'm just scrolling through the, the thing. Basically, they said that... By having multiple runners, there was a 39% lower risk of injury compared to runners using only one pair of shoe. Um, the multiple shoe users own, had a predominant pair of shoes. They only ran for no more than 58% of their running session on average. Um, so it could be argued that the relationship between multiple shoe use strategy and um, is the same, and the lower risk injury arises from alternating in the force applied to body. So basically what they're saying is because you're wearing different types of shoes that your body is that the force of your, your feet hitting the ground is different each time you are running. So I know, for example, my Hokas have that running boat, that rowing boat kind of thing because of my Achilles, but they're saying that if you use that along with more, because you're obviously running differently um, compared to sprints and intervals than you are with long distance runs, but the impact's pretty much the same based on the type of running shoe you're using. Whereas I say multiple runners are, are different. The reason I got I was interested in the study was because I started wearing um Nikes for longer runs now because of the the trail run coming up. And I was like, I better get more hiking type runners, uh, not hiking runners, but more kind of grips and stuff like that. Trail runner, yeah. Trail runner. That's the exact word I'm looking for. Uh trail runner. So I started reducing trail runners and stuff for longer runs. I can't do too much hills at the moment, which is not good for next week. But I started to see how I felt in the trail runners. I'm actually wearing the Nikes, kind of going, 
oh, these actually feel more comfortable than the Hocus for me right now. I don't know if it's because it's different or, or what it is, but I felt, I just felt lighter wearing them, even though the trail runners, they should be heavier. But I was like, wonder what, what does, what the, the, would I be interested in? So you, like Rachel has different runners for speed that she does for long runs. And I was like, is that really necessary? Like, I know we talk about carbon for races and I agree with that, but is it necessary? But of course, this study, you, you, might be less likely to get injured if you had one for intervals and one for long runs. And look, at the end of the day, it's basically if the other half's like, hey, what are you doing with all these extra runners? It's like, oh, I'm saving money on physio points. <laughs> and you know what? I went down the dark hole and I walked into a shop and sat there with the names of every ASIC runner, every Hoka runner, Nike runner. And I was like, Okay, so what does the cumulonimbus ASIC runner do for me? And it's like really good for long distance. Uh, wouldn't use it for speed work. I was like, ooh. <laughs> so I'm like, so there's intervals and long distance. And then uh, like the next runner, Hocus, and yeah. you have the Clifton Eights, which I'm probably going to get. Um, and there's the, we'll call it Bondi or Arahi or one of them. Yeah. There's a few others. Um, and it's like the difference between them is this one has an extra little bit of fluff here. And I'm like, how it's, it's gotten to a stage where it's gotten so difficult to make a choice about shoe. Um, yeah. I, I just can't get, but I, on my last run, I did feel little niggles. And as we've always said before, I was like, mm, what's causing this? And I was like, maybe the shoes. And it looked back to when I bought the shoes nearly two years. So it's oh, like, yeah. We'll start there. Um, but I do think, like, I was, I've, I've looked at other shoes. Um, I know which ones I'm going to use for the next six weeks to get me through the marathon. Um, and then I'm kind of, I am the same because a, a lot of the people I, I run with, and I know Oshin Harney has a few different pairs of shoes, and he was trying to tell me, get this shoe and then get that shoe. And then when you actually want to run fast, get back into Nikes. And, you know, like, he was, he was giving me a fair solid on it. And um, Rachel and Brandon were giving me, don't go away from Hoka's like they're the best for long distance, you know, like it was, mm. so there's, there's just so much there. It's like, and not to give out about it, running isn't cheap. So like each of these pairs is, it's a choice of 150 euros. So you better be right. Um, So, you know, it's, it's hard to buy three or four pairs of them when you're, when they're 150 a pop. So, and um, we want to work on our sponsorship skills, Sean. I think we really yeah. do. Well, yeah. they last longer if you had different like initial investment is higher, obviously, because they're, they're 150 yeah. quid, three, four pop. But each one would last longer. Like I went through my last pair of hokas in in five, six months. Like I got them to start of the year, and by I probably should have got a new pair of June. And it was July, August by the time I eventually got a new pair, and the niggles were starting to add up a lot more and more uh before I got my new Clifton Eights, and I was like, uh but I used them runners for practically everything except the race day. And I had a different pair for race day. And that was it. My speed work and all was done with it. But I've never had a speed pair of runners. So I'm like, would it make much difference in my speed training or not? And I don't know. But ba- I'm just basing off that study and basing just thinking on it. I'm like, maybe. And then speed is relative. So uh, yeah. my, my speed is not necessarily as good as someone else's speed. So it's, you know, what is what is the best speed to be running at? You know, like, is it is a four-minute speed? <laughs> Do you know? I suppose yeah. more how you, how, how you feel when, when you hit that run compared to the other ones. They feel 
I don't know. I, I, I haven't worn enough pair of runners to see if any pair feel heavier or lighter or anything like that. I just know that the Hocus feel comfortable, but it's just when I start wearing the Nikes, so I was kind of like, actually, these feel somewhat just different on my feet when I was running. Now, I did buy the, the for anyone interested, uh, Gore-Tex or something they're called. So I did look into them for the, the heel depth and stuff. So they tried to be somewhat as similar as the, the Clifton's would be. But um, yeah, no, just, just I thought I'd need them anyway, just because of the different grips and stuff. And obviously they are different running compared to the Hoka's, but I don't know if they are, I, I still don't know if they're more beneficial or less beneficial. Maybe I just wanted more flashier runners for, for running, like they talk about the, the Pegasus and the Alpha Flies and the Vapor Flies and all the rest. So I, I'm still at a complete loss on, on whether I should change shoe from changing shoe for the sake of changing shoe. But like like we said before, everyone feels the niggles leading up to marathon training. You're going to get them anyway. And it's not the best answer. It's not always just to change shoe or to your part. If you're wearing the same pair for two damn years, yes, you should change shoe. Yeah, no, I haven't done a lot of running, so I kind of thought I'd get away with it. But <laughs> I'll put them on, and they're just, they're just, they don't have it. They've been through the washing machine a few times and wrecked and this and that. So, no, we're going to get a new pair. So, I think, I think the Clifton 8s will probably be a winner. And then, um, yeah, I might, I might look into something. I might look into, like, there's some good ones out there. Like, I wore the Sacconis before, they were great. You, yeah. I really love them. I bought Adidas, I really love them. Like, it's, on I, I I really liked on apart from the part that I kept cutting my ankles because the rubber on the bottom was so solid, um. But I think a lot of people are wearing on runners now as kind of fashion daily runner, as opposed to running. And I see a lot of people walking around in ons with their uh, leggings and shorts on. I'm like, oh, you don't run, so yeah. It's... <laughs> you don't you don't see that with hokas unless they're running. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're Someone's really wearing good. a there the nine times that they are a runner. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like ons look really well, but I just found I just kept slicing my ankles because every time, you know, that every so often, half turning or whatever, you'll just nick your inside of your heel or whatever. And they were cutting me up. I was like, oh, I don't like this. But now, they're in fairness, not to give on a bad name, they're a great shoe. I really enjoy them, but they have the softer stuff now. They've gone down the lines of the Hocus as well with some of the more long distance runner. Um, but a very nice shoe, a really, really nice shoe. But yeah, it's, it is hard to know. It's hard to know. And yeah, I, I'm finding it hard to move away from Hoka. I think they've been very good to me, very comfortable. Yeah. I will say this with the Hocus, and I love, I've been using Hocus since my second marathon, I think, um, and they've been very, very good to me, and I haven't had as many niggles and injuries as before using them. But the soles, the, the last two pair of Clifton's I've had, the soles in the back, the other little extra rubber grips, yeah. they have just peeled away within a month. And I don't know if the Hoka thing, I don't even know exactly how to describe it to Google and see what the problem is, but they're literally just peeled away in like, like my, my new pair now I've had last within a month I know like, oh the grips are starting to go on that already and like I'm not running any mad terrain most of it's just been road running really a small bit of hills here and there but nothing too out of the ordinary for a general pair not to put you off to Clifton 8s because I do find I, mean, I was running today 20k no issues um, but the grips are starting to go on the backs yeah it'll be interesting then Maybe it's to do with your gait as you're running. Maybe yeah. you're striking. My gait may have changed because I haven't checked it in the last couple of years. Yeah. 
And uh, that's one thing that I will, well, I'll keep an eye on it as I get them. And I'll be placing an order today and hopefully getting them here. So I'll do two more runs in the old runners and hopefully not hurt myself too bad. And then they should be here. Um, but yeah. And you know what's kind of sad? Like, you know the way Asics was it? Asics was the ultimate runner's runner. Um, or maybe I'm wrong, but um, they have some great shoes there. But uh, I just, I just don't. Not that I didn't trust them. They just didn't feel or like it was hard to just describe what was going on. Now I did try on a few of them, and I probably would go one or two of them only they hadn't got them in stock or in my size at the time. But yeah, it's a lot of people in the long game have kind of moved away from Asics, which I, I kind of find sad. I've always kind of thought I have an Asics. That was it. You'd win gold everywhere, but. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people, and even Under Armour. I know some people who are sponsored by Under Armour don't wear Under Armour when they're running. Like, so. really? Yeah, yeah. I never went to Under Armour for runners now. They, they just don't seem to have the, the market locked up. But to your point with Astics, to me, it kind of reminds me back in the day, you used to get your umbros. Well, back in the day now. Yeah. <laughs> and you wouldn't really anymore. Yeah. Like, it's just mad how, how, how it just changes and stuff. It's gone more to Nike kind of era. Yeah, so it's it is different, but if Under Armour are listening, I'm happy to prove everyone wrong and wear Under Armour runners if you're willing to give me and Sean eight pairs. Um <laughs> but yeah <laughs> we can wear one a week and we can get through a whole season. Hundred percent here. I, I, just to wrap it up, um the, the Nike Gore-Tex runner uh, trail runners they get the true test next week because next Saturday I'm doing that 80k eco trail. And if you get me through that, Nike, you know, you, I, I'll talk about them and say that was the sole reason if you want to sponsor us for that one. <laughs> we'll take what we can get. And uh, I'll officially be 30 the next time we are talking. So there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot happening. Yeah, we'll we'll try and record a podcast. <laughs> we'll try and record a podcast this time next week on uh, how I got on my eco trail and how you get on turning thirty. So it, it could be the hangover episode this time next week. <laughs> <laughs> as long as I don't wake up with a tiger beside me, I'll be all right. <laughs> and on that bombshell, guys, thank you very much for listening to this this, week, this week's episode of the Any Given Monday podcast. That's it for myself and Eric. Take care. Bye.